What's up, guys? It is another episode of the Hashtag Sweat Local CLT Podcast. I'm Stu. I'm Deuce. And we have uh, my, uh, my sibling, my, my three-year-removed, younger, uh, female, uh, biological counterpart, same DNA subset. My sister, like is that yeah, whatever sister, they call this. That would be sister. Good. This is Julie Brower. Julie is um, our – she's a member here at Urban Movement. She is also our in-house kind of resident go-to physical therapist. So when we have people who have some kind of an orthopedic issue, you know, they had an aggressive bar crawl or an accident at the White Water Center or something like that or something the gym's bothering them, they can come and see Julie. She also does and sees, uh, you know, other clients with other more severe stuff, um, you know, kind of freelance here at the gym. And um, anyway, we wanted to bring on the podcast today. A, I thought it'd be a lot of fun for you guys to hear us kind of banter and talk shit back and forth. That would be a good time. Um, but you like you are like when I when we talk about our avatar marketing wise, you're 30 now, right? Ooh, 31. 31. Okay, oh, so yeah. okay. Whew. Never mind. You're not our Yikes. avatar marketing anymore. <laughs> a little too you're old. Way old. Way too old. Maybe you're more like the Dowd YMCA's like <laughs> for this for those silver, silver sneakers. The silver sneakers yeah. glasses. You're no longer the water avatar. aerobics class. No, but you're like in that seat. You like you live in uptown. You're single. You're fuck it. You do all the fitness things. You like to run. Like you're just this. You embody a lot of fitness stuff. You like to go out and have a good time. Um, you're a ginger. We try to stay away from more of those. We don't need any more infected people in this gym. Um, but uh, Julie, go ahead and get, for anyone who doesn't know you, real quick, give us give them just a quick spiel, kind of uh, you know how you how you came to being here in Charlotte and physical therapy and all that. Imagine you've got a three minute clock because we're not you know we'll start playing we that wrap it up music. We don't right, care first of much. all, I am the nicer, more attractive, and smarter Brower. So let me just put that out there to begin with. That's subjective, but hey, listen, <laughs> opinions are important. Everyone should have one. So yeah, so I graduated from PT school, Ohio University, 2015. And I moved down here that summer and I had been coming down to visit Charlotte since uh, Stu moved down here way back in the day. What? 2008? Before that? I moved here. I got here in the uh, end of 2009. Did yeah. you move down here just because Stu was here? No. No? Absolutely She went this cool. She, so she was a smart one. She went to the College of Charlotte. We were both. We were from Ohio. And then college comes around. I stay in Ohio for college like a dum-dum. And Julie goes to the College of Charleston. And I am geographically ignorant like so ignorant so i go to charleston and the first time i'm like oh my god you have palm trees oh my god you guys can go to like folly beach like in december in december i'm like this is amazing and i'm so i'm in i'm in ohio i moved to nashville tennessee and then i moved to charlotte and instantly and i swear to god my first time going to charlotte i showed up for a job interview is one of my first like corporate globo gym consulting jobs and i start talking to people like so I ha- I haven't seen a lot of the palm trees. And how far <laughs> Where's the, the beach? I, I swear to God, I asked that to be like, well, how far is the beach? They're like, like three and a half hours. Why? I'm like, no. Like my sister goes to school in like Charleston. Like there's pa- I, I've gone to the beach. They're like, bro, yeah, Charleston's four like, hours it's away. like three and a half, four hours away. There's a map. Let yeah. me show this to you. I'm just the most ignorant when it comes to geometry, whatever geography. you call it. Geography. Whatever. Like Both I said them. in the beginning, the smarter Brower. So anyway, Julie, Anyways, go ahead, Julie. Yeah. Tell your story. So I would come down and visit all the time. And every time I came down to Charlotte, it was a party. Stuart was always hosting some crazy drinking extravaganza. But Um, So I already knew that Charlotte was awesome. But other than that, as I was going through school, I wanted the opportunity to work with athletes and work in a gym setting and work in a hospital setting. And naturally coming down to Charlotte, you know, Stu was pretty much like, man, I got the gym. I got all these members. Like, 
when you're ready to come down, let's go. And so it was my opportunity to treat both types of patient um, yeah. populations. Because like, I'd say at least maybe one in six it's probably, I'd say it's probably maybe accurate. Come in with some kind of, like, what would you say? Like, come induce, like, with some kind of an issue. Like, yeah, I'm good to go, but. One in six is a good number. Yeah. yeah it's so interesting. That. Like, my favorite is, like, do, like, we always ask people when they first go in, any injuries we should know about. And, you know, in our waiver, we have, like, heart conditions and stuff like that. But, like, typically the main verbal one we go with are any injuries we should know about. And then my favorite answer is, yeah, <laughs> mm, you know, not. Not really. I'm like, nope. That's code word for it's fuck yes, yes or no that answer. A, that is a code word for absolutely yes or something we should be discussing. What is that? And I think a lot of people, they look at me and Deuce uh, or anyone in a fitness coaching scenario and they place us in some kind of field that gets blurred with medical. And we've talked about this on the podcast yeah. before. When a group class starts, our responsibility, let's say it's a sold out class at Urban Movement, is to 24 individuals. So we have a responsibility to 24 people. If, if Sally comes in and she has a shoulder thing, a knee thing, a hip thing, we need to know ahead of time. We're going to do everything in our power to modify the exercise so she can exercise for an hour and, and just get a good workout in. Our job is not to fix the problem. We can't do that in right. a one-hour class. It's not our profession. That is why it's so nice to have a partner. I think a lot of I think you're seeing a lot of these boutique gyms have somebody you know, or they refer out at least to somebody because – Accidents happen, and especially this demographic. We have so many young people coming in that maybe played intramurals or sports in college and high school. And be like, yeah, I had that baseball thing, but I was so young. They didn't want to do rotator cuff surgery on me. They said I could PT it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Did you do PT? Kind of. <laughs> I went to two sessions kind of thing. And now we just have to be very careful with them on these certain movements. And like we have people that we tell them all the time, hey, listen, we're going to modify this for you because it's not safe for you to perform the movement like this. However, you're going to get really annoyed with that after a while. It's kind of boring because you're going to look around the room and everyone else is going to be doing this other movement that you cannot participate in safely. We recognize that, but we can't. It's not our job to fix the problem. Enter Julie. Right. And, and we give them your information and generally you get to do it. And I would I would say 95% of people are pretty compliant with that when we yeah. recommend it to – like I can't think of anyone who said, no, I'm good. I'm just going to ride this out till the wheels fall off kind of scenario. Right. What's been your experience working with people here at the gym from a north? Like, they just want to get back to being able to do fun stuff, right? Or, like, do you think it's something more than that? Is like, is it truly pain? Like, I'm in a huge amount of pain, or I just, I can't, I, I can't squat well because I have this valgus knee issue, this back issue, this whatever issue. I would say it's a mixed bag there. Most of the time, it's after, you know, people have started here and they're doing a high volume of squats pressing motions, things like that. And they're just starting to have a little bit of a tweak. That's the majority of the people that I see here. And it is a really fantastic relationship because to keep it in house, because they literally come before class, after class, they come over and see me. I'm already able, I already know how they move because I see them during class. So I already have this idea of from a movement perspective wise, where they may um, be lacking some stability, strength, mobility. And then when I assess them and then I get to kind of give them their homework, then it's, you know, I'm talking to you two about what modifications we're going to do. So I get to look at what the workout is for the week. Deuce has been setting me, you know, programming on Sundays. And then I get to basically tell, you know, the client like, all right, the biggest thing is I want you to still to keep coming in the gym. Unfortunately, a lot of these other places, I think, tell athletes to rest and rest is actually a huge predictor of 
injury. You can become injured. Your issue can get worse if you totally rest. So the biggest thing is that I tell them, like, get, you have to keep coming into the gym. We're just going to scale and modify for you. And that is just much easier to do when we're all talking the same language. And so it's awesome. Like Rachel Seacrest fractured her ankle. Um, literally every week I just look at what the programming is and I modify that for her based on what we're working on based on when she's having pain. And it's awesome. Then people can still come in here, get their workout in, do their PT. Sometimes I literally program their PT homework for the lift portions, which is awesome. Yeah. It makes our job easier too. Yeah. Yeah. And a bigger benefit to the clients that you're here and you know what they're doing and you know the workouts they're doing versus like people go out somewhere else and then they come back and they're like, well, he said I couldn't do this. I'm like, okay, well, we'll like, can you do this instead? And they're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. We didn't go over that. Yep. Right. Versus here. Now everything's covered. You know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And from just a psychological perspective, I mean, just like Rachel, just anyone who's in a boot, if you're an amputee and you don't have a leg, you can still get on an erg and you can still get your heart rate up in just that psychological benefit of getting your heart rate up and sweating and being in a group setting is incredibly beneficial. And that I think a lot of other, um, PTs, clinics, physicians, other types of doctors don't understand. You think that clinical setting of like going to like that hospital based PT clinic one-on-one doing some stuff and then leaving has way less benefit than doing it attached to a group fitness setting. Absolutely. I mean, I had some people that I would treat at a, outpatient clinic who do CrossFit. So they'd come into the clinic maybe once a week and they're trying to explain the workouts that they're doing at the gym and what their coach is telling them to do and how to do it. But, you know, you're in a PT clinic, maybe you have some dumbbells. If you have a barbell, holy shit, that's unheard of a lot of the time. So how am I truly going to assess you if I can't even load you up to 60% of your one rat max, anything. If we don't have the equipment, you're not under fatigue. Um, So the ability to actually be here and see what people look like under heavy load, under fatigue is invaluable. And it's just not something that you get when you kind of separate those two spaces there. Yeah. So let's talk, I mean, we were talking about this before, you like, or, you know, you being the avatar, what is it – talk to me from a – you know, the whole purpose of this podcast, right, was to dive into stuff like this, right? I want to talk about some of the stories and stuff of the people you've worked with, and, and we'll come back around to that. But talk to me a little bit from you at 31 where fitness is very much a part of your not only social fabric but just like your personal everyday yeah. maintenance kind of scenario. What what else do you do? Because I know you, you don't just go to Urban Movement. You mess no. around with a ton of other stuff. You love the run. You and, you, you know, Curry, who's a member here, her yeah. roommates for years now, they, like, I'll just be out in my booster board riding and, like, I'll just constantly see you guys and whatever. Like, mm-hmm. wh- what else are you doing fitness-wise in Charlotte? And what do you, what is it about you that you need a constant different stimulus fitness-wise? Because I think a lot of people have that. Yeah. So I literally do a little bit of everything. I will run. I will run from me and Curry will run from our apartment in Uptown. We'll run literally run all the way to the gym a lot of the time. Um, I will go to cycle. I will do um, high intensity boot camp classes at these boutique um, retail stores. I literally will do everything. Uh, kickboxing classes, uh, Pilates, the megaformer classes, 704 core, um, HSM. Is it workout ADD? 
or is it just like what like or is it like hey i've just i'm in this city and i want to meet more people like is it social or is it like craving variety no it's not social i'm not i don't i will not go to a run club when i'm going to work out it's to burn calories sweat work really hard i don't do it for Game any socialized so before the workouts when everyone high fives people do you are you that person i that, don't high five you don't I high scowl. five you're like i'm in the back i literally in the zone. scowl like don't look at me <laughs> <laughs> So Julie's Noted. super friendly. <laughs> yeah. Nobody give her a high five. Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry. She's much different in her PT setting. I'm going to have no partners on Saturdays <laughs> ever anymore. Thanks. Um, no, it's not. It's I go where I'm challenged in different ways. So seven to four core mega former, right? It, it truly exhausts my core and it gives me this muscular fatigue that sometimes I don't get in here. However, from an overall fitness standpoint – I'm not going to get more fit. I'm not going to get stronger, but it does give me a different sort of stimulus that I want. That's like my rest day. It's like a rest day. Go just like work on core and go work on very like small pulses, range of motion in your glutes and all of that. Um, But I think what's really awesome about in here or why this is my main form of exercise is because I think the dosing in here is – incredibly spot on meaning the sprints I get that gut wrenching intensity that I want um I actually feel like I'm getting stronger when I'm doing lift portions um at a lot of these other studios you know and I know this because I'm very well aware um just from like a body awareness perspective and having been doing lots of different exercises for a long time but a lot of the other studios do not dose appropriately. You're not getting the intensity. You're not lifting enough weight to actually get stronger. And so I think that's a very, I think that's what you guys in here and why this is my main form of exercise that you guys have that dialed in or you're dialing it in. Yeah. Where's your, besides urban movement, where's your favorite place to go? Because obviously urban movement is your favorite. I love, sure, Uh, maybe, Um, (laughs) running the rail trail. (laughs) I do. I think running after this, I'm going to go on a run. Again, that's not, like, I don't want to run to train. I'm not training for a half marathon. That's just a stress reliever. That's just, like, heart rate is pretty steady. Just run as far as I can be outside. Do you listen to music? I do listen to music. What's your go-to? Um, like, uh, like what do you listen to besides probably the best playlist in CLT? <laughs> I swear to God, if you guys don't come up with, if I hear win, win, win one Dude, more time, same. I'm going to have you, I'm pretty have sure you, it's on that playlist four different times. Me and Curry back and forth. Like yeah. the two of us were just like, okay, I'm going to put two songs in and then you do two songs and I'm going to go back and Did log Did you guys in. add any songs? Yes. What songs? I think like until the computer died. Um, <laughs> Kurt, we did a lot of like EDM, like trap mixes. You've of like I we've tra- rapped mixes. <laughs> if it's just straight EDM, Stu's gonna turn it off. Yeah. No, it, it's it's not straight EDM. It's the, more The it's, problem with EDM is that there the beat has to drop, meaning there's gotta be a lull. That and is the, very a lull true. is too long. It work like picking out workout music, everyone's like I so the music in every gym is a problem for me because there's no perfect it's it's a uh is a Rubik's cube that there is no solving to because you can't make everybody happy. But the, the one common denominator is that the beat stays up when you need it to, 
which unless you perfectly choreograph the music to the workout, like this workout today, today was a sprint, 90 seconds on, 90 seconds off. If we had a beat, a mix that was 90 seconds of heart pumping, you know, 165 BPMs, and then 90 seconds where it's chill, that would work until we get a packed class. And now someone is during the, someone's rest time, someone else is working. Now you've got to have it constantly jacked up. It's just, it's just really, it's difficult. It, it I will say, but in terms of difficult. client experience, it's it is everything. Key. It's mm-hmm. everything. Right. The music is what, whether you're in spin or you're like at Barry's, I will 100%. say when I went to, you know, it was like me and Curry were like, that was the best playlist yeah. I've my, ever heard. My buddy Cole, he's a, he's a Barry's instructor and the amount of time spent on a playlist, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Like, and spin is the same way. Right, probably the, the amount of time Deuce spends on a workout programming is the equivalent to like a musical programming feature in a in another more um, the dance club inspired fitness studio kind of scenario, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. you know, turn the lights off, have a have a, a bright color, you know, strobe, Get light, some strobe yeah, lights, yeah, yeah, kind of scenario. Totally. Yeah, you've got it. You've got to recreate that that dance club kind of environment. I mean, it's huge. I mean, when I I did sprints here yesterday, and literally I sat there and waited for my songs, and I waited until I knew how much time it took me to kind of slow jog around the corner, and then I was you know, booking it to the end of the parking lot. I mean, it's, it's major, but it is, I think it is well worth the time and effort. It does create a completely different. So do you experience. set like a whole playlist? Yeah. It's pretty good. Cause but I just, for, listen, I just listen to whatever three songs I'm listening to currently over and over again. Well, if it was running though, a week and then I listen to another three songs. I mean, if you're just beat the wheels off of them and then <laughs> until they're just like, I hate that song. This I know song this is now. what has created some of the songs in here. I'm like, that, yes, that one Lincoln park song and that song. I'm like, Oh my gosh, me and Rachel on the side over here. We're like, Damn it! It's the goddamn song again. T Pain again? No. And it, it's like in an again, in sixty minute class, you're gonna hear an average nine songs, ten songs, something like that. I mean, the average song is three minutes in length, three and a half minutes in length. Yeah. So I mean, like even more than that. Ten songs would only be thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you played Some with Fit math, Radio? Twenty. We we had Fit Radio for a while. <sighs> Here's the problem. With Fit the problem Radio. with Fit Radio is some of the mixes, even though they say they're different, they're the exact same same mix. Yeah, and so you're I, getting repetitive songs. Yeah, it's them. not even a repetitive song. It's I because I can't uh, the transformer dubstepy thing. I can't. I, I can't like, and it's a client experience thing. Like it goes from like, man, this is a great remix of you know this Jay Z and Beyonce kind of back and forth, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> like Satan comes out of the speakers, and it's just like, and I get it. It's like dubstep, very you know, um, like really deep house trap kind of like, and it just it's a bad mix. And it it's just, also not Sonos compatible, so then you had to run a line true. in. Yeah. So then in order to turn down the volume, you had to run all the way back over to your phone. Sonos being the speakers yeah. in the gym. So anyway, music being that thing is that. Is is a constant, uh, like something we're constantly looking at improving here. But like same, yeah, I think music is one of the biggest experiences when you're at, or when you're fitnessing by yourself, right? Like running me, one of them running Mm -hmm. more Zen for you than anything else. Do you have a, where in Charlotte do you like to run the most? Cause we've had this discussion. You like running through the city a lot. I will not run through a neighborhood. I will not run on a track. I only, I will run through the city to me. It is almost like trail running versus running in the Dilworth neighborhoods. It is cognitively stimulating. I'm having to dodge, you know, homeless people, dogs, cars. You know, there's probably once a day that I run that I almost get hit by a car. Exhilarating, right? I'm glad homeless people (sighs) was the first one. (laughs) Almost. Almost, Deuce. One of these days. I actually have gotten hit by a car running. And I, like, literally went over the hood. It wasn't a big enough car. (laughs) (laughs) They hit the brakes too soon. Yeah. 
<laughs> Speed up. Everyone, I, this, I is, what I, this is what I've had to deal That's with the kind of my results entire I get for 30 You were bucks. supposed to floor it. <laughs> Imagine living with this for 31 years of your life, everybody. <laughs> so, okay. So I agree. Like, I need the energy. Like, if I – oh, God, this is so funny. If I were to go for a run, I would want to be around the city. You're right. I would want a stimulus. I want people to see me running because it puts pressure on me to, exactly to run faster. Right. Yeah. Literally in the city, I can't stop. I probably see someone I know – twice a week i've gotten a text to say hey why'd you stop at that light you should have kept going i mean people see you it, it's like a performance was so running a, track is that right? a, is it, was that a light flex to let yeah, everyone know you're really popular was, yep <laughs> it was that a flex like i literally can't walk outside without nine people see me and wanting to selfie with me why i sweat exactly and i can't um, even go to harris teeter without a hat and sunglasses on <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do uptown. You really do get people. I mean, I get high fived. People are like, "Yeah, go, girl." I mean, it is. It's kind of very, like a show. Very friendly. It, yeah, it, I'm like, not gonna lie. It's that's, nice. That's like it keeps why you moving. We have some members I know who still will go to the doubt or whatever every now and then, and I'll ask them like, "What is it that you know?" They're like, ah, "It's just what the schedule doesn't work out. Like, I can't make it to an evening class or something like that." But the nice thing about still going to like an open gym format. I feel like I'm like anyone who goes to a, glo- a traditional global gym. You feel like you're putting on. You have to. You're putting on your own little main show, and yep. you believe I'm being my fitness workout right now. The workout, how well I do at it, the weight I'm lifting, the speed, everything, my exertion level mm-hmm. is all being judged. So I need to Absolutely. really put on my best because someone's waiting for your damn barbell. Sure. Or your yeah. Yeah. Back, yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit. Um, you know. A li- you know the Charlotte-isness of this. You you know you and me are both from Cleveland, so we're down here in Charlotte. We we obviously thoroughly enjoy Charlotte. What is it you enjoy the most? Like if, if it's a weekend where you're not working and you have friends in town or whatever, what are you doing for fun in Charlotte? Like what's your go-to? So I what I love about Charlotte is how walkable the city is and how convenient it is. You can get everything that you would want to do in a weekend in a day. Right. So, I mean, I just started recently taking the light rail. I don't know why. I mean, me and Curry, right. So we'll run here and we'll go and we'll take the light rail back to seventh street. It's amazing. Um, and that was one of the only couple times. I hate when that public transportation gets a reputation for that's what broke people. Like, and show like in Cleveland, Ohio, we have the RTA. Yeah. And that was public transportation in Cleveland. It's a shit transportation system and it's 100% stereotyped. Um, and it really, if you want to look at it from a sociological perspective, it's really bad the way, you know, uh, certain socioeconomic classes are kind of forced into that and that becomes a stereotype. Charlotte, I hate that they vinyl wrapped. If you look at the, the rail trail, the, yeah. the light rail, all the trains are vinyl wrapped from head to toe with advertising on there. The reason you saw that in cities, anyone who gets like into urban, like you see like these urban history and like kind of from a sociological perspective, it was to hide the participants or the people riding because generally the people riding in public transportation were of a lower socioeconomic class and then a bus full of windows that might not always be the most attractive thing going through the center of your city. So historically public transportation would vinyl wrap it. And, but I mean, it worked out well, you were able to sell ads, but the real fucking reason you did it is you did it to hide the people in the inside. And that, that, that's not bullshit. That's real. And I hate that Charlotte does it because the Charlotte light rail is everybody. It's millennials. Yes, yeah. it is it lower socioeconomic class, someone catching a ride yeah. up to work, you know, minimum rage at, at Wendy's? It sure is. But yeah. it's, it's literally a melting pot of people. And I wish they would not do that shit because I think it shows the diversity of Charlotte. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And again, it's just one of those things where – why would I take public transportation? It's like, why not? The light rail's awesome. Yeah, it really, yeah. really is. But 
I mean, it's just especially now living in Uptown, like go to a nice yeah. go to a nice game, go to a Hornets game. They're cheap, they're easily accessible. Literally, you could just walk there. I mean, you can go do your breweries. You can go to a hole in the wall bar. I mean, Spe- right down the street from each other. It's Speaking awesome. of the nights, I have to say this out loud so everyone holds me accountable to it. You know who we have to have on this podcast? Do you remember three years ago, four years ago, maybe even five years ago, that guy who passed out drunk at the night stadium and then stole the dragon mascot outfit and went on an entire bender (laughs) and he like documented the whole thing and people put him on Snapchat and then he got arrested and became, it was an entire article. The Observer did it. Charlotte Agenda did one on it. No one, you guys don't recall this? No. No. Okay. Well. I'm going to send you the links. You're going to read Was this. it you? No, no. <laughs> like, I would not be surprised. Julie, God only wish, I only wish I could have had that much glory in my life. I'm not, I'm not worthy of such awesomeness. Um, but no, this guy goes on an entire drunken bender in the drag, what's the dragon's name? The Knight's Homer. Dra- Homer, yeah. In the Homer mascot. <laughs> He's like riding in pedicabs, taking <laughs> selfies with people, going to bars and doing shots. Anyway, and they arrested him. And it was this entire thing, and he got community service, and he got off well, and he had this really good follow-up apology article. It was either in Creative Loafing or Charlotte Gender. The Observer it was amazing. Um, anyway, I want to have him on the podcast. So that's, uh, that's just a sticky note real quick. Um, cool. Let's, so I want to bring him back around uh, to like you know, you know the PT stuff, right? So the cool thing with this demographic and people we have in here, most people here are not uh, are they're not injured. The majority are not injured. They don't need your services, which is great. I like people like, oh, I've never, I didn't know your sister was a PT. I'm like, good. Our goal is for you not to have to ever get to that point, right? Um, and, and with the model of fitness that we have here with the tempo and stuff like that, I feel very confident prior to when I own CrossFit Southend. I feel very confident that the injury protocol in, or the workout protocol in here is never going to be the reason you have to go see Julie. Right? It's going to be a pre-existing issue that is just being compounded by your age and lack of maintenance and things like that. But there's something really interesting with the demographic we have here is that a lot of people here are now, as they get older, their parents have aged, their grandparents have aged. And these people that work out here see such like, my, I feel so much better. Like A lot of people who work out here are doing it to look good naked and fight off those beers on the weekends. But as you get into that like 37, 38, 42, 45 range, you're also thinking – Oh my God, look at my dad. Like, fuck, he can't even upright. He can't even sit upright. Dude looks like Quasimodo. Like, mom can't even bend over to pick up that bag of mulch. So then there's a functional quality life element that comes in. And that's been kind of cool to see you get to work with our clients, not even directly with them, but with their parents. Yeah. So I have recently just started really deep diving into learning a lot about and treating an older adult population. And so, I mean, a lot of that. Um, interest in that population. So I treat or I had been treating for over a year, a 72 year old gentleman who, um, I met actually through, um, someone here at the gym and, um, long, long story short, what looked like some strength issues, you know, some balance issues, 72, very independent at home, um, actually turned out after doing a bunch of testing, he had some neurological signs and symptoms, brought him to the doctor, ended up having a tumor in his cerebellum and, um, had to have surgery and, um, has been kind of on this long road of the ups and downs that you see with brain cancer and that relationship, um, kind of going through this, this patient's journey, 
um, from start to finish has been awesome. And how you work with an older adult and how you have to adapt the home um, to accommodate for balance issues and strength issues and literally how you keep someone as independent as possible for as long as humanly possible. Um, and that has been a big focus of mine or what I want to be a big focus of mine. And when you kind of bring it back to thinking about all of us in here who are coming in an hour a day and focusing on our health and our fitness, my question is like, literally like, do your grandparents even lift? Right. I mean, this is a question that we need to start asking and really three big questions that we should be thinking about, about our parents or our grandparents, three questions. Who is going to change my light bulb? How am I going to go get an ice cream cone? And who am I going to go to lunch with? So That's think about these things. Asking, about, asking those questions about our grandparents? Like yeah. who's going to change their life? Yeah, bulb? so like an older adult. Got it. These are three questions. Um, Joseph Coughlin is a director of MI, the MIT Age Lab in Massachusetts. And so basically uh, he is trying to transform technologies and come up with ways where older adults can just be doing what they want to do for as long as they want to do it. So those big three questions can really like predict future quality of life. So if you think about like, how am I going to change my light bulb? Right. And so we can think about that ourselves, but think about your grandparents or can your grandparents get on a ladder? How, they high's, have the, how high's the light bulb? I mean, is think it, about there. If you, so this isn't like a desk lamp. No, light bulb, ceiling. Got it. Ceiling. Now a you. Ceiling light. Is it a recessed light or is it? Stuart, you are afraid of LED heights, and you make you make Deuce get up on the fucking ladder because I you're do. too scared. Great partnership. I love heights. So, I, I literally. Someone like, has to change your light bulb like, now. I'm like, uh, my daughter's like, she's like, Daddy, will you get on the ladder and grab? Like, nope, it's staying up there. Whatever you, whatever you just lost on on the top shelf, it's never coming down, honey. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone to live with uh, its other friends. It's not. You're never getting it again. Anyway, these are just things to start thinking about. Do my grandparents, my parents, my grandparents have the strength, mobility, stability to get up on a ladder and change their own light bulb? I, and so right? let me. So and I, and I know you're yeah, obviously you being a PT and the you're a technician and the whole thing. The way I've always seen and talk with clients and hear about it is ultimately this. Nursing homes are expensive. If your parents cannot live unassisted, right. do you know how much money that is, especially if you want to keep them local to you here in Charlotte? It is quite the like very expensive market for elderly removed home care if they can't live unassisted. Absolutely. And it's like, you know getting your it's kind of like getting your parents or grandparents like a personal trainer like a, but it's a life trainer for quality of life we're not trying you know just not trying to get uh get your grandma to be able to to do a hundred squats in a row or you know you know row a a, a seven minute 2k on the rower you just try to make it so that she can get they up can off the couch yeah at home independent correct yeah i mean and that's just what it is i mean how will i go get an ice cream cone can they cross the street to go to the ice cream store Fast enough, safely. Again, do they have the transportation to get there? These now, things that if they live in adults. South End, are they taking scooters to go to Jenny's or <laughs> these old? I just want to see Julie one day with just like an army of old people just on on going to get ice on cream, like scooters, <laughs> getting ice cream, and they're just riding by and they a all they're like, gang? they have like yeah, like a bird gang. Okay, but honestly, did, did I like, tell you? Do you even lift, Grandma? Like t-shirts? Literally, 94, 92 year old woman. We were at Jenny's. Me. 
Mike Earl, Stephen Curry at Jenny's, 92-year-old woman sitting on a stool eating an ice cream cone. She falls off of that stool at Jenny's, hits her head on the ground, and I'm like, hold my cone, let's go. You were so excited for I that was moment. Literally my cone. Like, I Julie was so excited for that moment. I waited my entire career for this moment. And so Curry and uh, Mike are like, uh, what do I do? I'm like, all right, boys, we're like, we're going to deadlift her off of the ground because she could not get in her hands and knees because she had knee problems. I'm like, was she by herself? No, she had two older lady friends with her. Got it. So we literally, I mean, we both got, we all got behind her and literally deadlifted her up off the ground, back onto the stool. Jenny's got her some ice. I'm doing tests to see if she's having any neurological signs. I'm educating her about falls risk. I did wish she I like knock her. herself out or did she, like no. when she came to, did she like open her eyes and see you? Like, I knew God was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was a redhead. <laughs> she did not, she did not pass out. She did not lose consciousness. Um, we just kind of hung out with her for a while uh, to just kind of see if she had any acute changes. Jenny's gave her a free cone. They gave me like three free scoops. It was great. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny's giving the story ends with Julie getting three free scoops. <laughs> Julie, how about that woman? Oh, she bled to death. She didn't make it. But, but I got some ice cream. But this butternut squash ice cream is to die for. Ooh, hashtag heart wall. <laughs> Oh my God, that's but so so that, that is a very cool moment, and it obviously aligns with what you're looking to do with the the older adults. So yeah, any of you guys who are listening to this, if your mom or grandparents things like that, um, they're gonna be fall risks, and you don't want them to have to get one of those life alerts to wear around their neck and all that other good stuff. Um, let's uh, you know have them hit up Julie, and Julie will go ahead and have them um, so that next time they're at Jenny's with their girlfriends gallivanting around town, they're not gonna fall. The Golden Girls. The Golden there. Girls. Yeah. So. Blanche doesn't eat it off the <laughs> stool by having her uh, rocky road. Um, all right, so I want to finish up on this. I, I One of the fun things, obviously, with this interview and all that is obviously you and me, brother, sister, the banter kind of thing. But um, it's very interesting to have watched you come into Charlotte and not really know anybody. You have a couple people that were, you knew here from college and stuff, I think, from College of Charleston and stuff like that. But when you came here, the gym served – it was a good social outlet for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I had a social network you were able to tie into and all that. But you've really always established like your own social network. I'm always interested in people who move here to Charlotte, which is most of them transplants. And they're, they're – yeah, I don't really know anybody. I need social outlets. And just going to the bar and like not know anyone, that's a weird one to kind of do. You have to be a very, very skilled extrovert to pull that off. Um how is fitness and doing group fitness and stuff like that and like, you know, because you don't do the run clubs when you're running, you're by yourself. And even you being like when you work out, you're not there to socialize. But most of your social circle, a lot of it comes from work, which is that happens for everybody. But a lot of it also comes from the gym and the things you've done fitness wise. Talk to me a little bit about that from someone who's moved here, didn't know anybody. How is the gym served as a, a good social outlet for you? Um, people who go to the gym mostly every day after after a really long work day those are a certain type of person right and so I think why it's awesome you know this is kind of your your third place right it's kind of what you've called it before um you're already very you're already similar in that aspect you this is such health and is a priority and when health and fitness is a priority you typically like to do the same things also outside of that you're just similar types of people you like to go you know, you like to go eat food and you like to go drink, but you don't, um, 
you don't go ham all the time, right? Every now and then, yes, but um, you just, you find those people who have similar motivating factors who are kind of on the same level of socially because you, a lot of times it's like, you get, you have this group that you know you just go out and get hammered with. Like, I'm going to be at Tiber at 3 a.m. with this group of people. They're cool. They're fine. They're fun. But those are not the people that you're kind of going to be developing longer friendships with. I would say, you know, now with the demographic that's in here, everyone in here likes to have fun, but it's done at a more moderate intensity. And you just, you just find that you're just more, you're similar types of people. Which is great. I think that's why you can develop closer friendships in your gym. Yeah, I mean, you even look at the subsets of people like 5.30 a.m. Yeah. That class is a very – anyone who works at 5.30 a.m. does it because they have to. The majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a work thing. I have to work at a 5. Yeah. Like most people aren't electively waking up like, man, 5.30 a.m. is definitely when I want to wake up and drive here in the dark and all that other stuff. It's generally I have to. But – the prerequisite, the the at the latter part of that is, I commit to it because it's a very hard time of the day to to work out. So yeah. like it's very cool when I see all the five thirty amers and the people who are consistent, very similar type of demeanor, yes. type of yeah. goals. Yes. Like I, if I put them off, if you know I had them all hang out on the weekend, they'd probably all get along really well. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and they do all get along really well. I think they're like out of all of the classes we run, that five thirty am is. The people who show up are always the same people for the most part, and they create this this different bond with each other, whether it's because they're psychopaths and they wake up at 4.30 in the morning, yeah. or it's just always the same people in class. But yeah, that class is always very that, – yeah. that dynamic between them is very and interesting. And I'll tell you, that's, that's across every gym ever. Like, yeah. like every gym, that, that early morning group is always – because the evenings – it's generally the, pretty much the same. I'd say to like a tune of like 60%. It's generally pretty much the same, but the evening schedules are just the most hectic. Like that's you, when you leave your workout to the evening, you're giving everyone a chance in the world to steal that one hour from you. Right. Everyone, work, friends, family, right. your own temptations, the Super Bowl, whatever the heck it may be, right? Like uh, sporting events, the morning group is very, very unique. But yeah, so as you were, as you were talking about that, people that, you know, pay a premium like boutique fitness in charlotte is you know it's the price of you know leasing a new car you know it's not cheap no. you know so you've got to really be committed and want to do it and it's part of the lifestyle and the things you're yeah, into and again you're you're coming together with people who you know you would want to hang out with out like not just sure. fitness so i mean even just hey who wants to go hike like anyone in here that i do a class with I could just look at them and be like, hey, I'm going to go to, you know, Crowder's or whatever on the weekend. Like, you know that those – the same group of people are going to be down to do that. Yeah. We actually – me and Deuce been talking about we're me expanding um, the – so sweat socials for us have always been um, – it's been a Friday. It's a workout and we just go next door to Red Clay, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But we've been looking at ways to add a third dimension to it. I'd love to take it off-site of our movement, so it's sweat social might be a Crowder's hike and then, or whatever, a white water center and then hang out, like an offsite kind of thing. Because I do, I think, uh, I think a workout here is great. And obviously I love that. But I, I really also think for a lot of these people, like, there might be people like, yeah, I would go to Crowder's, but like, I don't know, I'd go with a group. I'd go rock yeah. climbing into yeah. peaks with a group. Right. I would go uh, trail running 
but not by myself. But if you get a bunch of people to go, I would totally try that thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, I think fitness outdoor activities that we have the benefit of doing here in Charlotte that you'll do in a group. And we used to do this back in the day. We went to the white water center. We did the, the ropes courses and we did stand up paddle boarding and all that. And I would never in my life, I'm not a white water. Like I don't have a membership of the white water center. I don't go. That's just not my jam. But I was everyone. I'm like, Oh yeah. Do a big bunch of us from the gym go. Hell yeah. Like, let's go. I'm, I'm all in. It's not something I do in and of myself. Is that, you know, uh, but in a group, it's so much more fun. And it just exposes you to something different, A, that Charlotte has to offer, and B, just a different way to utilize your fitness. Like I got up on a stand-up pedal board, and I'm, balance is my weak, my like my biggest weakness, and I was really surprised at how well I did on it. Like I literally was the best in the world. <laughs> like, I instantly. highly, <laughs> highly doubt that. Like in instantly. Every, so you get every stand-up pedal board company way. in the world sent me an email wanting me to sponsor me. <laughs> That's literally what happened before I even got out of the water. <laughs> phone's blowing Hashtag up on the shore. Boosted board. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You think boosted boards for your impeccable I, balance. I just wanted to see Julie's reaction to all that. Listen, kid, I'm really glad you came on. It was fun. This way, um, I, this checks the box for, for February when mom asked me if I've been nice to you. And uh, if, we, if we've hung out, I get to check the box and say yes. Um, so two for one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, if they, if, oh, if anyone's like, you know, uh, wants to get in touch with you cause they want to talk to you about either something they've got going on personally, you know, uh, an issue, a pain, a movement restriction, or because, um, they had a grandmother who, uh, a few months ago accidentally had an accident at Jenny's and they want to know if you're the nice girl who saved them, That's saved right. their grandmother. <laughs> How could they get in touch Why with you? Why was that on your, not on your vlog? I know. Man? Where were you I for know. that? Where, uh, where, where could they get in touch with you? Um, emails the best way. To get in touch with me. So it's Brower, B R A U E R dot Julie at gmail.com. How 1998 of you. I'm very proud of you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. There we go. All right. Thanks for coming on, Jules. Peace, guys.